Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. Are you drinking? Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, fucking boy, do we have a thick, meaty one for you. <laughs> We're going to give you the meat business, nigga. This is straight, <laughs> all 100% prosciutto and all its finest Italian form. We are giving you the thick one now. Um... Two hours, baby. This 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 is gonna be a two parter because we are not together next week as I am in Asbury Park, New Jersey, at the Paramount Theater, doing a show. Here we go again. It's, a, it's this. I got it. Doing a show with the Negroes on a concert date. Uh, so we're gonna have to put together a two part, one hour apiece podcast. Yeah, I'm. Me and Andy will not be together next week. So. To fill that void, uh, this is part one of two parts of the two-hour, hour-apiece podcast. Um, so, however this ends, with a suspenseful to be continued, to hear the second half, you will have to wait a week, goddammit, but we're going to give you the meat business now. Uh, what, what's come up so far? Um, what, what do you want to start it off with? Listen, we don't need to build a wall, but what we need to do is if you're going to live in this goddamn country, learn fucking English. You know, America is for everybody. It's the fucking melting pot. We get it. It's not a requirement of this country. Listen, fuck that. I am sick and tired of leaving my hotel room and asking for my room to be clean and having to get in a verbal exchange with Cecilia or whatever Spanish name you want to have and your verbal exchange with me, you are sounding and looking like you are in the middle of taking a shit. Can you please clean my room? No probably. Speak the fucking language. But there is no American language. There's no requirement for the, There's no national language in this country. English is not the national language. No, it's never been. So what is it? There is no national language. They try to they try to do that in the seventies, late seventies, where they were trying to make English the national language, and that was thought to be racist. So there was when no. they say national, they just meant amongst Americans, right? 
amongst the United States, the, that we would have a language that would be our language in the United States that we would go to. That's why when you go to public school um, right. and you only speak, if you only spoke another language, like Spanish, for instance, uh, that's why all the papers have to be sent home in Spanish as well. It, it, because if someone only spoke Spanish at the home, the, the parents need to be notified what's going on at the school, so they have to have it in, in, in Spanish as well. Because we're, we're, we're uh, a country of, of immigrants, so everything comes from everywhere. Fuck that. Speak English, goddammit. <laughs> I got but, back from the fucking barbecue spot, and my room had not been cleaned. It's damn near an hour ago. Yeah, did you, you told him you wanted to clean right there? I fucking struggled with her. We both looked like we was taking shit. Well, well, did she speak Spanish? Of course she spoke it. A thousand percent. And why don't you learn Spanish? Why the fuck would I learn Spanish, nigga? Because this is an inclusive country. I'm an American, nigga. And I know America will let me know that I'm a nigga American first. <laughs> Which means I'm a second-class American, but God damn it, I'm still American. My blood bleeds, John Wayne, nigga. Yeah, John and Shaft. I think John Wayne spoke Spanish. He spoke. Fuck you, nigga. <laughs> Elvis was a hero to most, but he never meant to me as he races a sucker was simple and plain. Motherfucking man, John Wayne. So uh, that's to Chuck D. Do you want to say anything about Biggie? You want to shout out? Isn't today his? Uh, uh, we're recording this. Dog, I'm telling you, we, we got a lot of meat. I'm this is the to, anniversary of his, of his... Is it really? Yeah, today. And that's perfect, because I'm going to let that rest, because we're going to segue that into something I want to talk about okay. involving Biggie. But let's let's start with Kansas City. We are here in Kansas City, and Andy and I, since we've been on the road, we're on a quest to find the best fucking barbecue. We've been to Texas, we've been to the South, and we've been up and down the Midwest, and quite frankly, folks, we're a little disappointed in you. We have not found the holy grail of pork. Um, every place we've went to with high expectations, uh, we, 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 we leave out of there feeling slightly disappointed. Slightly. Um, so if you live in any of the following places, Texas, anywhere in the Midwest, or the South, email us and tell us what we're doing Wrong. We just left the place here in Kansas City. What was it called? Uh, it's Smokebox. Smokebox. Um, and they didn't have mac and cheese and hot links. And I went, oh boy. They're Italian sausage, though. Smoked Italian sausage. It wasn't the same. Bad sign when there's no mac and cheese. I agree on the mac and cheese part. And no motherfucking hot links. Um, and the question I wanted to ask you was, as far as great barbecue goes, is it a race thing? Because I, I've watched enough cooking shows to know there are dudes who have been on Triple D. There are dudes who have been on the Travel Channel, um, Food Paradise, who've won awards for their barbecue. And I'm talking about white dudes. So clearly by that, if there's award-winning barbecue, then that means your shit is the shit. But I know some of the best barbecue spots. You got to go to the hood. You got to go where niggas died two blocks away. You said it a long time ago in um, Baltimore. People need to be missing some teeth. Yeah, nigga. 
If you missing a, a tooth or you got dirty fingernails or there's a roach chilling in the corner, that's the spot, nigga. <laughs> Bulletproof glass. Um, I don't know if it's still there, but next time we go to Chicago, Lems. My father, I remember when I was a kid and I had a lot of family in Chi-Town. And my father would take us through Chi-Town to go see my Aunt Dovey and my cousin Buttons. And uh, Lems was the shit. I don't know if it's still there, though. I'm going to tell you, uh, Little Miss Barbecue in Phoenix. You wh- keep raving about this. It's a white dude. Spot. But you know, there, there, there's some weird things about it, uh, about barbecue in general. One is new barbecue places are popping up because barbecue is like a big deal right now. And, right. And there's something about old equipment that has that smoke in it. Right. Do you know what I mean? That it just has, right. and it's charred on the inside. Right. And it, that's where that flavor comes from. Right. And these new places that pop up, even Little Miss Barbecue, he opened up a new joint and he said, I mean, he's working and he's trying to get it to be as good as his original place. Right. But he knows that it isn't there yet, the, the new place. The original place, still the shit. It's my favorite place that I've ever been to. There's this place in Texas, and I keep forgetting to get the name so I can right. say it on the podcast. That place was outrageous. But most of the time when we're in Texas, we're either in Addison or in... Uh, Irvine. Ir- Ir- no, not Irvine. It's Irvine? It's Irvine, Texas, yeah. No. Irv- it's Irvine, nigga. With the dual pianos? Yeah, that's not Irvine. That's Addison. Addison. My fault. You're killing me. It's that, bar- it's that weak barbecue. <laughs> it's got me thinking clearly. Real barbecue had your ass with the nigga, yeah. with, the, with the titus. Or we're in... Uh, the itis. Yeah, you'd be asleep right now. I so. can't think straight, nigga. I ain't, the barbecue ain't fucking with me. I'm, I don't feel like laying down. Yeah, or we're in Houston. Those are the, those are the spots. Yeah, man. So. And, and we, just, we just can't find... Like I said, man, the hood spots, it's a little scary. But, you know, when you see niggas serving you with shower caps on and an attitude, like, yeah, what's up? I'll help you. Nigga, that is the shit. Um, so, yeah, uh, but you didn't really answer the question. Do you think it's a race thing? Like, do you think blacks make better barbecue than whites? I, okay, I think, like you see, like you said in the competitions, the pit masters that I, I'm seeing lately, they're, they're right. white dudes. The white dude that I know in Phoenix. Well, and not to stop you, because you know the stereotype is, and I've said this before, the stereotype from black people is white folks don't season their meat. Uh, and y'all's food is bland. But again, that's why niggas have high blood pressure and cholesterol, because we over-season. Uh, and if you watch enough cooking shows, particularly diners, drivers, and dives, white people use seasoning. I don't know where that stereotype came from. Well, One bad fruitcake spoiled the bunch. Well, if, if, if I don't know a place, right. and if you were asking me, uh, and and I got to see the guys making the food are all like waving at me. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go to the black dude's place mm. because that's. I mean, I'm gonna go with that's probably the better barbecue. And here's another thing, um, and this is where the racial component is factual. If you go to a barbecue spot. Or a, let me say, make I'm going to rephrase what I said too, though, before. So right. just we'll get back to me. Please. If you go to a soul food spot, if you go to an Italian authentic restaurant and you see Mexicans cooking the food, run. The, 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 the pure shit, the real shit, the 100% Bolivian uncut yayo. You want to see the motherfuckers that represent the, 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 what the food is. The history. The history. Soul food at its best 
is cooked by niggas. It's something in the way it's just it's like a passed down tradition. Um, that spot we went to in Tacoma. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That from Triple D. Yeah. That motherfucker. They had the fucking. That was the spot. What, what do you what do you like that that uh, chicken? What is it called? Uh, gravy chicken. Deep, uh, uh, chicken fried steak. Chicken fried steak. It's my favorite. From the chicken fried steak to the fucking ribs to the everything. Cooked by none of niggas. Okay. But, Wonderful. But that's the thing. I, I want to rephrase what I said. It's not about who's cooking the food. It's who's eating the food. If I, go to, if I go to a place, like you just said, that place in Tacoma, and no black people were at that restaurant, I probably don't want to have anything to do with it. Mm. Barbecue spot, if there's black people in. One hand washes the other. If you see a bunch of niggas eating in there, there's a bunch of niggas cooking. When well, we went to that spot, yeah. you saw a lot of niggas in there eating. Did you see any Mexicans in the back? No. Exactly. So the two go hand in hand, brother. No, but you know, listen. Let, I, let me, them real Italians, them motherfucking, yeah. you know, hey, go down to Florida. Fucking the, two, the both of you. And them Italians in spots, ain't no Mexicans in them kitchens there. I'm going to tell you this, though. I, I've worked in a lot of kitchens, and, and Mexicans are the chameleons of culinary. You show them what to do. Show them the right way to do it, the traditional way to do it. But that's when you finally gone, you know what? Uh, I don't feel like coming to work anymore. I'm going to go the, to the Bahamas and train these Mexicans. We're talking about a tradition. Yeah. Tradition knows no shortcut. No. Them real Italian motherfuckers, them Anthony Quinn looking niggas that don't speak English, but what's about it? They work till they die. They bury themselves in the kitchen. Nigga, when I die, put my casket next to the stove, nigga. They not breaking tradition. But that's what's, that's what's wrong. Everything is becoming corporatized. And- this is my point. If you want the real shit, don't go to the corporates. You got to go where the authenticity is. When you see niggas in that kitchen that you know can't read, nigga, and can dance but can't conjugate a sentence, that's the spot. You say that now. As opposed to get a movie and someone wants to throw you a million dollars, you'll be do 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 do. Why would that be that? <laughs> because then you'll well, well, you'll do a commercial for you'll do a commercial for uh, a corporation. Nigga, just cause you know Denzel once told me you ain't gotta be a killer to play a murderer. You know see what I'm saying? What I what I perform as don't mean that that's who I be. Yeah, but if they give you a million dollars, that's who you are now, right? No, that's who I perform as. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, email me and Andrew. Um, uh, so, and tell us where the fuck the holes in the walls are. Tell us where the crime scenes are at. You know, show us where the, where the, where the prejudice is. The fucking niggas in here. You fucking niggas, the both of you. You want some food, you go in the back. We want that spot. But if there's going to be some uh, some extra critters crawling on the wall, uh, please uh, let me know uh, in advance so I can be prepared for it. A la Uncle Lou's. I wasn't ready. And uh, that, was a, that was a moment. So right. just let us know. I mean, if it's good, I just need to know in advance. I don't want that shocker. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, big news, Andy. 
I got my house back. Oh. I moved back in. She moved out over the weekend. I'm no longer staying at my brother's house. I am back, ladies and gentlemen. How is that? How was it? Yeah, how was it? Uh, it felt like a scene from uh, the Braveheart movie. What, what's it, what scene? Uh, it felt like it felt like this. <laughs> you you know freedom, nigga. That's you know that no more motherfucking air mattress for me. That scene is just before he dies. That was his wail that he let out just before he died. I see the glass half empty. <laughs> he was brought back to life through death. He experienced true freedom. Okay, so sometimes you got to die to be reborn, nigga. Oh boy, yeah, to be able to to to, to be who I want to be. You know, when you're living at somebody else's house, nigga, you got to cover your nuts up. Literally, uh, you can't walk around naked and drink orange juice straight from the fridge. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't do what you want to do. And, you know, as a grown man who has been on his own since fucking, uh, 18, uh, I've always been able to let my nuts hang and, 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 uh, being at my brother's house, God bless him, love him. Thank you. Cause you didn't have to do that. And I could have been in the, in the streets. Uh, I'm thankful, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a boss. Nigga. I've been a boss since I was a kid. So I didn't like having to be an employee and have to listen to motherfuckers. So I can let my nuts hang again, bro. You know, and I guess you have to know you to know this. Like, we hang out the whole time on the road. Uh, we talk. We have drinks. We meet up. We go do whatever. But when I, after Monday, you might text me on Monday. Yeah. But I don't hear you for Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. And then I'm, so Tuesday and Wednesday, you are just doing you. Right. You don't want to deal with anybody else, nothing yeah. else. So it had to be hard for you to. Yeah. Because um, you have to have that your own space. Yeah. And now I got my theater room back. I got my games back. Me and the PS is back together. Uh, did she Did she keep the chair or did she let you have your. your no, nah, we, we put in the deal uh, what I was going to keep. Uh, isn't, that mar- isn't that marriage fun? It's, it boils down to contracts and negotiations. Holy shit. Smack me twice, nigga. Um, but there that is. Um, let's get to some fucking emails. This is where the juice lies. Um, and it, usually when I get an email, I forward it to you. So you are aware of what was said. So maybe you prep yourself so you're ready to talk but about it. But this one's going to be raw. I said, I'm saving this one because I want freshness for Andy. Um, and here's his. I'm going to put this to the side because I'm going to say this for last. This is the money shot. Come all over this bitch's teeth, nigga. Uh, here we go. Uh, first, these, are, these are quick. Um, my man, Wade Martin. What up, Aries? Funny-ass podcast today. I never really heard of the Israelites till you brought them up. And I did some research, but here's a 30-minute video on YouTube of the Israelites going off on people walking by. And it's funny as fuck. These dudes really got pirate costumes on. And the look on some of these white people's faces when they are talking. Anyway, I thought you might want to watch it. Shit, now I wish I did. You yeah, saw it, right? Uh, no, that's not the one that I that's saw. That's not the one? You no. sent the link. 
No, this is a different one, though. Really? No, the one I got was from Henry Duran. Who's that one from? Oh, this is from Wade Martin. Oh, different dude. Oh, uh, shit. Now, we really might have to watch that. You know, you know there's, a, there's a famous comedian actor in, uh-huh. uh, in Hollywood that's an Israelite. He doesn't wear the... Well, then he ain't really an Israelite. No, but he practices... Nah, nigga. It's like the food. We just said it. Tradition. Okay. You stick to your gun. He's, he's, he's as close to getting there, but with, without letting everybody know what he's doing. I, I think it's kind of funny. Not funny, haha, but funny like he's keeping that real. I have cover. to watch. I'm going to save Wade Martin so you could watch that clip and I could watch the clip that you've watched. Okay. Because, again, just if the look on these white people's faces is everything I know it is, that in and of itself is comedy. We Dude, can't when you let see go. them in New York, it's, it's precious. Yeah. And they, they, with such passion. The white man is the fucking devil pig. Slipping sons of bitch. He's fucking with that pink uh, pork hunky dick and infusing the, the, the black culture with the evil European cave like they don't wash and they smell like mayonnaise. Nigga, it is fucking. That's why I'm telling you, dude, I would love to see that as your alarm clock. Just them niggas bust up in your room in the suburbs. Wake up, you white imperialistic pig. It's time to take your hunky devil ass, pinky dog dick to work with your pink feet and you don't wash and you smell like hot bologna, you slave masters of the universe. Nigga, it, it would just be, good morning, honey. Hey. <laughs> Hi, love. Uh, thank you, Israelites. You're welcome, you white fascist pig bitch. Dirty, cocky, concrete feet having. Yeah, nigga, it would be fucking prices. Um, Matthew Manila. I'm not a guy offended by much, and white people who shoe polish their face is a problem for being fucking idiots. Yes, I understand where it comes from and why it's racist. So now we all know, we all know why. But, he said, big butt, capital letters. You said it never. it's never okay. Yet the incredibly funny Barkley and Shaq skits by you and Caliendo has Frank all milk chocolate up in the face. And you co-signed by being in the skits. Are we now in context or of five, ten years ago, was it okay and now it's not? Either way, I'm not offended. Funny is funny and dummy is dummy. If you addressed this on an earlier episode, my bad. I've been listening since about, I've been listening since the About Last Night ep and you and be slowly listening to all of them. Matt. Okay, Matt, here's the difference. Uh, it's like the saying goes, uh, are they laughing with you or are they laughing at you? Um, putting shoe polish on your face in a room full of nothing but white people and imitate niggas, you are laughing at us. Uh, because if you don't feel comfortable enough to be able to do what you're doing around black people, then already that's a red flag. If you have to put shoe polish on and act like a nigga in the privacy of your own home because you know you wouldn't feel comfortable doing it around no niggas because you get your teeth knocked back to your fucking tailbone, well, then that already is the answer to your question. The difference is, again, not laughing at you, laughing with you. When Frank Caliendo did, when he was on Fox Sports, he did an Eddie Murphy, a la coming to America, coming to uh, a la Nutty Professor. He played each real person. He played Terry Bradshaw. He played Howie Long. He played the black dude, James Brown. And I forget what the other guy is who used to be a coach of the Miami Dolphins. Um, Gray hair. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Um, And he played all four. And when I say it's an Eddie Murphy moment, I'm not just talking about the fact that he did what Eddie did and mimicking 
four people in one scene, um, the makeup was superb. Um, whoever, I forget his name, but the award-winning makeup artist that did Eddie's makeup for both Nutty Professor and Coming to America, the famous barbershop scene, where we didn't know to the ending credits, he was the Jew. Yeah, We could tell he was the black barber. You know, man, that ain't nothing but an ultra perp. We, we, you know, we could tell he was, you know, uh, Randy Watson, you know, sexy chocolate. But you didn't know he was the fucking Jew. That's some award winning shit. And when it's done respectfully, when it's done tastefully, when it's done within the context of comedy, they're laughing with you. I'm not mad at any white dude that does blackface if it's done under those circumstances, if the makeup is being taken seriously, if it's in the context of comedy, if it's truly funny and has a purpose, I'm not mad at that. I'm mad when you put on shoe polish like the governor of Virginia and you do that shit. I'm mad at when I just saw the recent clip on Instagram of the college kids in the dorm yelling nigga out like it was saying good morning. And, you know, that's the difference. Um, Jen Aspinall, who did the makeup for Frank, who was the makeup artist, the head makeup artist on Mad TV, she's won an Emmy for her makeup. Her shit is that good. When I did Tom Brokaw Brokaw for the uh, HBO uh, skit about uh, the white people, uh, I forget what it was called, but, you know, the, the white people skit, she did my makeup. So, yeah, when it's done right and it's done within the proper context, nah, yeah, it's okay. Hell yeah. But wasn't, this is, I guess this gets to be a gray area. Wasn't blackface, though, intentionally, the idea of blackface is not necessarily to mimic someone, but to over-exaggerate the person. What I'm saying is, I mean, blackface, like the the, uh, the Gucci sweater, was the idea of the blackface was the big red lip. Yeah, the Piccadilly. Yeah. To make that look uh, ridiculous. Right, but that is an exaggeration. Here's the th- and you, you, you just used the, word, the right word, gray area, because here's the thing. St- stereotypically, and it is an exaggeration. They're making fun of black people. You know, nigga talk like this, don't really talk with proper grammar. I see, but I'm a show the baby. Nigga, that, that's what I show does. So, yes, racially, it's insensitive, it's racist, it's fucked up. But again, stereotypes have truth to it. They're not completely false. Do niggas talk like that? How much that CD were? Where they is? Like I said, I've been to the South. And no, let me not, again, I'm not relegating this just to Southern niggas. Yeah, Northern niggas, all niggas in the, in the hood with lack of education talk like that. There's white folks out there that talk Well, like we're that. not talking about white people. I'm just, I know, but the, let's not jump to that because that's not the point of what this, was, this email okay. was about. Okay. We're specifically talking about blackface, laughed at, laughed with, um stereotypes now you know uh niggas talk like that some do um but to paint the broad to use a broad brush and make it seem like that's all niggas that's where the problem lies because james jim brown james brown 
who Frank was imitating is a very educated, eloquent Negro who don't talk like that. No. And if Frank had done that, I show bees eyes a shoulder. Then it's a problem. But because the make and when you and, and literally I, I, I don't even know if you could pull it up on YouTube, but if you can try to find it, Frank Caliendo, Fox News. I don't know what would come after that to help bring that up. Portrays all characters. Yo, the makeup job was so superb. Like the way you couldn't tell Eddie Murphy was the Jew. You couldn't tell. I mean, you knew it was Frank because that's what Frank does. But if you didn't know anything about Frank, if you never heard of Frank Caliendo, never met Frank, never saw Frank, but you saw what he did that day, you didn't know that wasn't that you didn't know that was a white guy. And 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 and, and I don't even want to use the word blackface. You didn't know that that was a white guy in as a black as a black dude. That makeup was so superb. Afro hair is not as easy to pull off. Uh, real black authentic hair on somebody as white hair. White hair is a wig. You throw that motherfucker on, that shit, you know, can look the way it's supposed to look. Black hair is coarse. It's a different feel. And to be able to get that on a, on somebody and it look authentic, that's real shit. What are you searching for, Andrew? I was looking for your uh, Frank Kellyendo impression of James Brown. Yeah, well, we can find that later. Um, okay, but, okay, uh, what about... Um, the movie that uh, who's who's Iron Man? What's Iron Man's name? Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Tropical Thunder. Yeah, or not Tropic Thunder? Was Tropic it? Thunder. Yeah, right. Where he played the black guy. Yeah, is that blackface when he actually changes the? I mean, I'm gonna be honest. One, I didn't see Tropic Thunder, but I don't need to see an hour and a half of a movie uh, to figure out if I'm being laughed at or laughed with. Give me thirty seconds. Um, No, but that's Iron Man, baby. He get a pass. Okay. <laughs> I like Iron Man, nigga. <laughs> but, okay, but what I'm saying is, but the movie, the whole movie's based on that. So um, can we, would you say that, and that, that movie's older too? Listen, if it had been that problematic, niggas would have made a stink, okay. and they didn't. But if you think that movie came out today? Well, anything today that seems a tad edgy. People get their moistures. So the Caliendo, imp- the Caliendo impression today, would it fly? And then I have one more question. I right. think so. It would fly. Okay. It was done so tastefully. Okay. And so blackface, again, we, 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 we said for the most part, right. the gray area, it's always wrong. There's a few gray areas. Mm-hmm. So if I went out for Halloween and I went as Obama, but I didn't put on blackface, I just put an Obama mask on. You know the mask that they make, yeah. all the president masks? Right. And I wear that mask. Nah, nah. But, but, there, but what's, isn't it what's, what's essentially? Being, I know, but what's being made fun of there? One, it's Halloween. Yeah, which you should be able to be whatever you want. But can you and do two, blackface then on Halloween? Because what's the difference if I do a really if I do a decent makeup job and make myself look like Obama, or I put on a mask on to be Obama? Because the masks, all those president masks, are highlighted with a little exaggeration to make them kind of funny. Well, we know what the exaggeration is. It's like, I don't know what the name... I, it was a great documentary on HBO about a famous newspaper cartoonist. Yeah, I don't know if you ever saw it, who died. But he was like world-renowned 
and praise for his ability and satire to yeah. draw these presidential and political their, cartoons yeah. in the moments. So whether it was Nixon with the long fucking nose, or whether it was George W. Bush Jr. who looked like a monkey, or it was Obama with the exaggerated ears, or Bill Clinton with the rosary cheeks. Um, but that's a mask. You're not doing anything to to, to from oh. a racial standpoint to to to, to depict because just because solely it's about from a time period that it has in the past that's the racial component here's the, here's the bottom t- here's the, the test and i just said it if you're white and you want to put some shit on you and get to know if it's okay do it but go to the hood go to where they sell the ribs and the in the in the and the bulletproof glass and say hey niggas what you think if you make it home, it's okay. <laughs> if, if when the crime scene has been done and your body's not there, but they put the chalk around the mask, <laughs> you know you fucked up. You know you fucked up. Do you think, though, because what you just said, everything today is a problem? Have we got to the point where we made everything a problem? Is every Because there's some things that we're looking at right now that you go, that isn't, that doesn't mean that. And I don't have one off the top of my head. Dude, I, I, unless it's obvious. I'm not talking just racial. Right. I'm talking men and women relations. Everything, have we, have we cannibalized ourselves now where everything's a problem? Have we I, gone I, too far? I, I, but I don't include we in that because I think, listen, uh, we're some wood. Knock on wood. Um, and, I'll, and if we don't dive into this, for this hour, join us next week, folks. Same bat time, same bat channel, and I'll talk about it then. But real quick, dude, I have type two diabetes. Um, I smoke, I drink, I do a lot of shit. I get stressed out. You know what I'm saying? Knock on wood, grace of God, I'm still living. Um, but also, I like we did on the podcast with Mel Gibson. I know when to say I don't give a fuck. I fuck a lot. You understand? Know I do what feels good to me. I don't get caught up in all that political correctness, what we need to do as society, you need to conform to because nigga, that shit is ridiculous to me. So I keep what I want, I throw away what I don't, I, I take what fits me, what's useful to me, and I try to come as much as I can so that I can relieve myself of the, 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 the evil of this world. You got to know when to not give a fuck. And as much as I say that, I give a fuck more than I absolutely should. So, you know, fuck that. Next one. (laughs) Uh, This is late. Zachary, brother, I apologize. Birthday shout out. Hey, man, hope you're well. Hope to hear my birthday shout out on the next podcast. March 5th is the day. Thanks again. You Sid to email one week before. This nigga said Sid. Uh, he meant to say Sid. Hey, man, I'm so sorry, brother. Uh, sometimes me and Andy, we get caught up with the bitches and the hot air balloons and the cocaine, and we get the shit late. Uh, we was flying over Denmark, uh, sniffing cocaine off white bitches' titties. So we didn't have email access. Uh, but happy birthday, nigga. Uh, next time you want a shout out, you better cameo me, motherfucker. That's the last time I give you something for free. <laughs> um, now these last two are juicy. I wonder which one I should do. Let, let me. 
Let me let me let me get to yours first. Okay, here we go. Drum roll. This is from Sife. Love and respect from DC, one of my favorite places, the DC Ur. Um, what's up, Aries? Been a huge fan of yours for years, dating back to the pest days. Faithfully watched Mad TV growing up. I'm 30 now. And now and I'm now an avid listener to the podcast, which is slowly creeping up to my top three next to in Godfrey we trust and the Joe button podcast. God, I want to get on Joe button shit. Just wanted to say your perspective and strong position on cultural topics these days is greatly appreciated in this moist ass climate and to keep doing your thing. One thing I've noticed during the 15 or so episodes I've listened to is that while Andy plays a pivotal role in the dichotomy that is your podcast, I can't stand this nigga's propensity to play both sides every and he's putting every period, single period, time period. Does this man take a stand on capital anything? You guys will discuss a topic where one side is 100% right and Andy will, will still find a way to argue for the other. I absolutely lost it at episode 57 when you were discussing the lady who was preventing the guy from entering his own building and Andy was saying both sides were wrong. Is this nigga serious? I get that because of his skin color, he's not put into many situations where he has to prove that he belongs. But us black folk go through this daily. And for him to suggest that somehow homeboy was wrong for not giving into the woman's demands and uh, proving he belong is capitals wrong. No ifs, ands, or buts. While I generally agree with his general perspective, Andy needs to learn how to take a definitive stand on shit and stop playing devil's advocate on literally everything. Please keep doing what you're doing, and I wish you much continued success. Peace, brother. Malcolm. And we'll be right back after this commercial break. We don't even have to go right back. I'll fucking hit that one right now. He's wrong. He's wrong. If you want to go to episode 57, I'm going to go, he's wrong. Okay. Because he, we're, we're going to make this completely a black thing then. Because what, what you're saying is, if it's, if it's a white dude, and if she's a white chick, and a white dude's trying to get into that house, mm-hmm. and into that, that building, and she says, man, you have to have a key to get in here. You have to have a, a fob. You have to have a way to get in here. I'm not letting you in because I don't know you. She has every right to say that to, to someone because that's how you get into the building. And the reason that security's on the building is to keep the building secure. She has a right to say it, but he has a right to tell her, go fuck yourself. She now, definitely she does. what she doesn't have the right to do is to chase him down like she, that. She And I never said she was 100% right. I said she had every right to ask that. When he's, ta- when he's saying, I take both sides, no, she had a right to say, you need that key to get in here. She should have shut the fucking door. She could have walked away and got the fuck out of there. She should have never followed him to his place. I agree with some of those people that even have posted that she might have had something for him. Because she followed him. Right. If you're afraid of someone, you're not following When you him. say she had something for him, what you mean? Like the pussy? She, yeah, she was. But see, that, that's scary shit to niggas. Yeah, I, I understand white women, that. white women have a history of, of lying and saying, about rape. Right. Niggas raped them. That's why I wouldn't want to have anything to do with her. Um, but I'm not saying this. I'm saying this as a, if that's a white dude. There's an episode. There's a Seinfeld episode. A Seinfeld episode from the 90s. Ironically, Seinfeld, the whitest show with no niggas. Yeah. Continue. Where he doesn't let a white dude into the building. And then everybody in the building hates him because he didn't let him in. He didn't let him in. It wasn't because he was black, because it was a white dude. You don't it's a secure that's building. That's the funny twist. What what's the funny twist? That it was a white dude. I didn't know that, but that's hilarious. Yeah. That's but, genius. But he doesn't know that he But, if, did, but did they make that episode racial? No, they never made it racial. 
So it was just a white dude. He just didn't let the dude in. And they didn't call any attention to it being about race? No. Oh, well, then it ain't that genius. I thought that was the angle. I was like, yo, that's genius. It would have been. It would have been right. interesting. But, but the point was, is that if you don't have a way to get into that building, maybe you don't belong in the building and no one should let you into that building. If you lived in a secure building, that's the reason it's secure. But she, everything, a, I'm a, I'm a, everything be, she did after that, she was wrong. And I'm going to be honest. And let me go back for a second about the Seinfeld. If it had been racial, it would have been interesting because it would have been like a white dude not letting another white dude in. Listen, if I lived in a – if I had an Upper East Side crib like the motherfuckers in New York where they can run hundreds of thousands, and nigga, what you doing here with the motherfucking pants sagging? Where your key? As a black dude? Yeah. And it's racial. Like, nigga, you don't look like you live here. And I'm black, so I know pretty much who the rappers and the athletes are. I don't recognize you, nigga. I ain't got your CD in my in my change deck. Boom. Damn, I just dated myself. Nigga, I ain't, <laughs> I ain't got... I don't, I don't got your jersey but, in my closet, nigga. Who are you? But why does it have to be racial if we just go from the expectations as this is a locked door, you say you live because here, with us you're most supposed times, to have the... Most, most times, but not all times. Racial. I know, Andy, but Dude, that's, like I that's said, the when, white guy in you making no, it easier for you to say no, that. No, because I'm telling you, like when I was a server, if I forgot a black dude's th- a piece of his food, if I, or if I got the order wrong, sometimes it had nothing to do with him being black. I just fucked up the order. Well, but, but, but the but racial that, component's but, but, always but, 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 in the hold, air. Hold, 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 but it's always in the air. Right, but, you, but that's a bad example because niggas ain't having racial problems with food orders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, because it's, I've heard black dudes uh, go, no, they fucked up my order on purpose. Because it was black? Yeah. Them is niggas trying to eat free. <laughs> niggas do that now. How the fuck do we get this motherfucking meal for free? You know, I think a lot of people try to do that because I've worked at the restaurant. See, but you say, you see what you just did? He, no. You did no. what he just said. No. You play both sides. That's a not lot of people. Because no, a lot of people don't. Because it's not trying to get something for free isn't a black or white thing. It's people want shit for free. We don't have to make everything black and white. We made everything not, black and white. Motherfuckers not tipping well. Is that a racial thing? I told you who the worst tippers are. Who? Women are the worst tippers. More than niggas. Yeah. Okay, so boom. We, we, we know first place belongs to the bitches. But well, why, 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 why are women the worst tippers? I don't know. Because women don't tip because they don't buy for the most part. Other people buy... Wonderful. And so they wonderful. leave the tip. All right, wonderful. Damn black, right. black dudes. Damn black dudes. No, but you know who uh, famous black dudes are usually worse? The famous, non-famous, black is black, nigga. I'm just telling you. Goes. I'm just telling you. Famous black dudes feel like you are getting a treat to take By care of By having them there? Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know where that puts me now on what I said because I have definitive ideas on what is what, but I think that we over... And I understand for the perspective, I don't have to be black. I can walk down the street and I can be whatever. But I'll tell you what, in this culture right here where we're in the Midwest, I'm not the standard white either. When I walk into some of these places out here, I know that with my big beard and my fucking Jewy face, that that's not the white person that they're looking for either. So not saying that that's hard. Mm -hmm. It's not hard. I've I've only had one time in my life where it got really weird. Mm. And I remember that time distinctly. Mm. And I understand that being black, and I've said this on the podcast, you can't go anywhere without being black at all. Right. You're always black. So it's always going to be, and we're a visual society. So it's always going to be the first thing that they see. When you walk, when you're, when you're across the street, right. 
They see a black dude. Mm-hmm. I get that. So there's a racial component to you all to, to it all the time. I'm telling you from a perspective of a white dude who doesn't give a fuck, the white the component isn't always that's not always my first choice on what I what makes my decision. If I had that door and someone's trying to get in and I don't know you and I have a secure building and I don't know what I don't know what the situation of that building is. If I was in my building and we've had problems, we, obviously you have the security because you want to keep the building secure. I wouldn't let the person in, black or white. Mm. I'd say, get your key. Right. All right. Fair enough. I don't understand how that's that, that, that how he picks that one. There's other things that I've said that he could have picked. That one isn't the one. Your side, nigga. You got to reply. We go. This this feels good. Send another email after you've heard his reply, and let's get busy. Um, last email, episode 76, Brian Dixon. I just listened to ep 76 and man, you pissed me the fuck off. I think it's talking about me. When you complain about these other comedians, yeah, he is talking about me, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, these other comedians like Bobby Lee, Theo Vaughn, Fighter and the Kid, Joe Rogan, etc., not inviting you on their podcast. They don't want you on, man. I can, I can even, I, they don't want you on, man. I can even see that. I listen to them and they talk about things that happen or talk about people. They don't say names or give a lot of details sometimes because they scary. These niggas gossip. Don't you understand all these guys are close in a circle of friends? Have I not ever fucking said that? How many times have you heard me say on this podcast, Hollywood is a fucking high school. I listen to all their podcasts and they talk about the times they have together and how close they are and all of that shit. If one guy has an opinion on someone, they're all going to have the same opinion. Did I not say that they were Joe Rogan's fucking minions? Uh, stop complaining about not getting on their shows and build your own fan base, nigga. The fuck you think I'm trying to do, nigga? And that's how you build the fucking fan base. Go on other people's podcasts. I hate when people try to give me or tell me about what Hollywood is and don't put on this fucking uniform. I wear this fucking uniform. I'm on the fucking court. Nigga, just because you get called out to do a halftime shot from to make $1,000 don't mean you know the game. Let me get back to this shit. <laughs> Uh, you don't need their fan base anyway because they all think alike. You And that's the other thing. If they all think alike, maybe if I got on their show, I could do some shit to make them think different. Maybe they might go, you know what? I like this way this niggas think. I'm going to join his militia. Um, You don't need their fan base anyway because they all think alike. Uh, yeah, yeah, you... Yeah, what the fuck you think I like? You don't need validation from those white boys, man. They have they have hardly any connection to the black fan base. Yeah, you are rough around the edges and you need to improve your public image. Don't take that personal. Sorry, just did. Uh, but you can build your own fan base or cult following. I just said militia, didn't I? Boy, niggas don't be listening. You just need to find your Nietzsche niche. You already a successful comic and don't need validation. I don't know why I felt compelled to email you and tell you this, but it just makes me upset that you as a funny black comedian have these hang up thoughts. But what do what but what do I know? Yeah, well, I just I'm just a regular black guy that don't know anything about comedy. Hello. Um I'm just letting you know what I see in here. I'm a big podcast sister, and I just noticed things in the comedy world because I'm a fan of all comedy. Just letting you know how I feel, and I hope you realize you can carve your own way in this podcast without relying on those closed-minded white boys. 
been a fan of yours for me for years, Brian. Listen, Brian, I'm talking shit. I love you, dude. I really do. And thank you for the support. But uh, you said so many things where you went left and then immediately went right. Um, you validated a lot of what I've already said. And, and, and I'm, I've never been one to, hey, let me be a part of your club. You know, you always want the respect and the, uh, adoration. the adoration of your peers. But I've always said your peers at the end of the day don't pay your fucking bills. The fans do. So I'm not going on there with the purpose of please, 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 oh, let me please. I'm trying to build something. And in the podcast world, in order for you to gain listeners, it helps to do other popular podcasts. Now, we've gone out to people. They flat told us no. We've gotten the runaround. We've gotten the treatment that you're going to get in this game, which is a lot of fucking crap. But you, it's about not how hard you hit. It's about how you get it and you keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, go out and get what you're worth. But you can't point the finger at him and her saying you're not there where you want to be because of them. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. Don't forget to say hi to your mother. One of the best scenes at fucking Rocky Balboa. Um, I know my value, nigga, but I, I, I got to lay up against the rope sometimes and take the rib shots um, and just keep answering the bell. At the end of the day, I don't fucking know how all of this shit is going to turn out. I don't fucking know uh, truly if I'm destined to be what I really want to be. But God damn it, I'm going to fucking either die trying in it, trying it in this shit or I'm going to die in some pussy. Uh, you know, it, it sucks. I wish I could tell all these motherfuckers to go fuck themselves. I wish I didn't have to do social media. I hate social media. I hate the fact that I got to work Instagram and had to work Twitter and got to fucking do Patreon and Cameo. I would like to say fuck all of this shit. But this is the life we've chosen. Godfather shit. This is the life we live. This is the life we've chosen. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, unfortunately, you can't just take the good and minus the bad. You got to take all this shit. Um, And I hate it. I fucking hate it. But he also did say some things in there that you didn't touch on. One, he listens to their podcast. (laughs) So... Obviously, some of that audience is the audience we want, number one. There you go. Number two, where I agree with him, is it doesn't help us for you to go on the podcast and and fucking say the things that you say about these other people, though, because all it does is go back to them, and then you get that, you see what we're saying? This is why we don't have them on the podcast. Oh, my God, do you hear that? What? You don't hear that right now? You don't hear that? Me not giving a fuck? No. Oh, okay. No, because you do give a fuck because you'd rather be on the podcast than not on them. I would rather be on the podcast to serve the purpose. But if you already don't like me going in, I'm not going to do a motherfucking, hello, my baby, hello, my darling, you're my rock time gal. I'm not doing the song and dance. If you've already made up in your mind, you don't like me. I get that. But most people who have these thoughts haven't even really met you. You've never put time in in these places where they got to know you. So, again, you keep saying go to the store, hang around, try to buddy up with these niggas. I'm not saying try to buddy up. Just let them see who you fucking are. And they probably still won't like me because despite what they think they know or what they think they've heard, they might see me on stage and go, damn, man, he's an animal on that bitch. I really don't like this nigga now. No, maybe they'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. 
If they really were who they were in terms of comedians, if you're true and it's your heartbeat and it's in your blood and veins, you put aside your personal to study. There are comedians who I, who I really didn't watch their material. There's something about them I didn't like. Then I watched their material and I went, oh, shit. This motherfucker's brilliant. That was great. I was wrong. Well, maybe. Now, that don't mean I want to be your friend, but I got to tip my hat to you out of respect. If I see you, hey, man, great special. Comedically, though, you're colleagues. And you have respect for that colleague now. There's a difference between having respect for your colleague and not having respect for your colleague. And like you just said, if people saw you more, they might have that that may come around, which you don't know what that becomes. You have just accepted that the the, the idea people have, you're going to let them just continue to have that idea for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that's not who you are. But it's not my job to turn you around. No, but it's not your job not to turn you around either. If you yeah, have that shit side was no, talking about you're playing you, both no, sides. If you have the ability to go to the store, uh-huh. which I think is a great place to be at. I love the store. It's right. a great place to do comedy. It's a great place to meet new people that are that are comedy fans. I mean, they're run, they're running new comedy fans through there every week. Why wouldn't you want to go there? Why would you why would you prevent yourself from going in there? Why would you eliminate that? You go over. You go over to the Laugh Factory because you like but the Laugh Factory. But that's my home. You feel that, comfortable that's where there? I, no, it's not, even, it's not even a question. Feel comfortable? I would go to the store if I knew I could get spots. You can't. Jamie. Spots. Jamie is gives me spots. He calls me buddy and faggot, so I know he likes me. But you could go over there and do the same thing. Just, you but who's going to call there. me faggot? No. <laughs> Body faggot. You got to go on. Jamie, I wish you guys knew Jamie Masada out of laughing. He's such a fucking character. When he really loves you, he calls you a faggot. And for a long time, we all thought he was one. But he likes pussy. Body, you want spots? You got to call me faggot. Go ahead. Uh, there's no reason for you not to go to the store. And, and I think and, and, I, and, and I think that you, you eliminate a whole cross-section of people because of what some perceived notion of you is. And some of it you did do yourself. Some of that you have done that the people feel this way about you because of things that you have done or said in the past. I, 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 wish, I wish someone could give me a case-by-case basis because really I, I, I think that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. Most of these motherfuckers go off of what they heard. Theo Vaughn doesn't know me. No. I never said anything. Bad. I didn't even know who Theo Vaughn was to the night I saw him at the Laugh Factory. Okay. That, that, I, and I, so perfect. I've never said anything bad great, about great him. Great point. So if you don't know who he is, but he has a good podcast and we want to get on it, what is his reason for putting you on his podcast? What is his reason? Yeah. Motherfucker, do you not know who the fuck I am? Yeah. More motherfuckers know me than Theo Vaughn. Eight years of Mad TV is a reason to put me on. Fucking thirty years in the game is a reason to put There's me on. There's a lot of people. The youngest and the only comedian to ever do Def Jam at sixteen is a reason to put me on. That, you want me to keep going? No. Seven times on Conan O'Brien is a reason to put me on. Has Theo Vaughn ever been on Conan O'Brien? He- nope. I don't know. I think he's been on. Conan. Okay, seven times. No. All right then. But he. He has. He can learn more from me than I can learn from him. And I ain't trying to flex and put my dick on the table, but I'm answering your question. What I'm saying is, it's his podcast. He has lots of people that he can put on the podcast. A lot. Of lots people of people that, ain't me, sir. No, and a lot of people have credits. So if if you were if you were constantly in every, now, I see what uh, Brian is talking about. No, Fuck them. No. If you were in the peripheral of everybody, where people saw you, and you were part of the comedy community as they see it as well. 
then maybe it would be different. I just need to raise a litter of white bunnies and hug white babies. No, you just need to be part of the comedy community. You're always on the road. You're never with these people. They have no idea who you are as Jamie a person. Jamie Masada does say that. He goes, buddy, you're too much road comic. You got to be here. Let people see you, buddy. Come on, faggot. They don't know you. So the perception is real. you don't know real. somebody that's been in the game 29 years? Because you're never around them. <sighs> Dude, that's a great question. How do you not know Theo Vaughn if he has a top pro- podcast and he's been out now? Nigga, he's been doing podcasts and no, just and become he's, a thing. And he's been doing We're comedy. We're talking about stand-up. And he's been doing stand-up for, uh, uh, I don't know how many years now. Give me his credits. Uh, his credits? Yeah. yeah Were you st- stuttering? Give me his credits. He was on Joe Rogan. The number one podcast. Okay, podcast just started. Uh, whatever, but Joe Rogan's podcast credits. reached out. I don't know what his credit is. So why started. the fuck would I know who he is? Why wouldn't you? I know who Jim Gaffigan I is. I can tell you. But I've seen Jim Gaffigan's credits. Yeah. I know who fucking Sebastian Maniscalco is. I know he's got credits. But I know who Bill Burr is. He has credits. But you don't know who Theo Vaughn is because you don't go to the store. Why the fuck would I know who Theo Vaughn is? If you went to the store and you were part of the if comedy community. If I went community, to the store and you he would happened know to be is. there on the night I showed up. Yeah. You know what those odds can be? Pretty good. Versus being on a national television show where you reach out to the masses where that that then gets transferred to YouTube and Instagram and all of social media when you're in a movie that's been played in front of millions of people? Uh, if we play in a numbers game, give me a fucking break. Them odds ain't going to add up. No. I'd have to be there on a night by chance that he's there. And if you were going there on Tuesdays or during the week, you'd probably have seen him. And you would have gone, that's a funny motherfucker. This argument is as weak as an no, old man. man's No, balls. because you don't want to be part of the community. I'm being truthful. I, I'm that I'm that restaurant owner that has Mexicans cooking in the kitchen. I don't need to be at the restaurant no more. You do need to be at I've the been, restaurant. I've been doing this a long time. For the first 20 years of the 30 I've been in business, I was the one back in the kitchen making the fucking dishes. Now I'm chilling. And I got the Mexicans making the ragioli and the spaghetti bulgari. Yeah, well... You've been on vacation a while. Time to come back home. Shit. Get in the kitchen. See if you still have the skills. You don't ever lose the skills, baby. <laughs> you don't ever lose the skills, nigga. Dude, you aren't, you're not part of that, that community. Look at that community. That community's <clears throat> all in there taking care of each other. And, and High you, school. No. High school. No, you said it before. You said it before. When you're talking about when people come up, why aren't they bringing other people with them? Now you're looking at a group of Rogan who he came up, and he's making sure everybody is coming up with him. <sighs> You can't have it. You know, you, you guys said that I try to get it both ways. I'm being honest. There's and, a, and, and Rogan is a guy I wish I had to quote. He had quoted somewhere. I read it off Instagram about humanity and being kind to each other and all of this shit, which totally is the, the hypocrisy of him not letting me on for the reason that, motherfucker, you don't like me. If it's all about what you quote on Instagram, humanity and kindness and forgiveness and all that other shit, then we shouldn't even be having this conversation. If, if for no other reason, you'd have me on the podcast just to discuss those very things that you're trying to preach. Hey, man, I didn't like you. Let me be honest. But in me quoting shit on Instagram, humanity, forgiveness, kindness, 
Let's talk about that. If he saw that as the reason for it to be on your podcast instead of just to promote our podcast, he might think Andy, that was please it. don't be that naive. He can't possibly think that that would be my only motive. I mean, yes, that is an agenda. Yeah. But do you think that all we're going to do is sit there for the time we there and discuss, hey, hear the Spears and Steinberg right, podcast. Right, I know. We will get into the normal flow and ebb and flow right. conversation. But if you were there and you were in his peripheral because you were going to the store, you were going and he the was saying The last thing him, I'm doing is trying to seek Joe Rogan's approval. It's not about his approval. It's then about, what is it about, Andy? It's about... The, For me to be on the podcast, he has to approve me. Well, then... But it's about being part of that community, that whole community. Hey, Cy, I agree with you. I want to take this mic cord and strangle Andy <laughs> the fuck out. I see what you're saying now. Did, wait, did, I, you know what? I went to the store on the... Perfect Monday. place. End of part Well, well I'm gonna, I'm, wait, I'll end it with this. I went to the store on Monday after Brody died. And everybody was there just... For Brody. Not everybody, but a lot of people came out that whole weekend and Monday and Tuesday was all mm-hmm. Brody. And then they had the show for him, I think, on the 5th. That was the community rallying around uh, oh, Brody. Okay. So what's your point? Well, that was a group of people. Like I said before, God rest Brody's soul. Uh, I think sometimes... I'm not saying they don't... They didn't genuinely... Some people... Some people... I'm not saying... Uh, they didn't genuinely love him or were trying to pay their respects. I'm sure a great deal of them were there for the right reasons. But, dude, this is Hollywood. Now, I don't, you know, he might not have been high up on the food chain, but but this is Hollywood. Motherfuckers also attach themselves to things to be a part of a moment. And a lot of people even said that on, on social media, that they wish they could be as in love with Brody now. Sorry, I had to fuck Andy up right quick. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, that is part one, baby. Uh, it gets juicier. The dick has gotten girthier. Uh, signing off. Yo, Aries, before we go, though. Oh, shit. I, I asked you this shit about Biggie today when we're, we're recording this yeah. on the anniversary of his death. Is it really? Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, speaking of which... Um, so this guy, Andre Gray, sent me a um, uh, an email, and he goes, Yo, what's up, Aries? I'm a big fan of yours, dog. I used to watch you back in the day when I was like 10 years old when you used to do that Denzel impression, laugh out loud. Could you check out the song I'm working on and let me know what you think? Check me out on Instagram, too. And then he gives me his at, uh, address or whatever. By the way, I got this email from one of your cameos. Thanks, man. Now, Andre, I'm a, I'm a definitely shoot shout you out. He's at Goop. I'm gonna spell this shit because I, I don't know if, how you pronounce this. It's like Goopy. Yeah, he's at G O O P Y D R E H B. Now, Andre, I'm shouting you out because I want to show you some support, and and to all the people out there who are into hip hop and rap music. Um, support the young brother. I'm assuming you're young. Um, when I, oh, well, shit. Yeah, ain't no assumption. You are. Because you said when I was 10 years old. So if I'm 43, yeah, you're a young boy. And and even if you didn't tell me you were young, by the rap track you set me that you did, I, it's clear you're young. Um, so let me say a couple things real quick. 
number one, I know, and we talked about this with Ice-T, I know that we old heads get called old heads because we're not with this new generation of rap slash trap music slash mumble rap. Um, And you know what? Listen, man, maybe chalk it up to a generational difference. So, and I say that because if there are any young dudes who listen to this podcast, like my man Andre, who's clearly of this new generation, I don't want to turn you off. I don't want to make you not want to be a fan of the podcast. So maybe it's just something we old heads just don't understand. And and I don't want to discourage any young guys who might like that kind of rap, that style of rap, from supporting my man Andre. Because at the end of the day, here's the bottom line. If you young and you're trying to come up and you're trying to make a name for yourself in the game, by all means, man, do your thing. Get your money. I don't want as a black man to stand in the way of other black men getting their paper. Because I know that the rules and the laws of life is already against you. So I don't want to be the one to stand in your way. But I'm also stuck in my ways and and saying that I'm a nigga with conviction and passion and I stand my ground. And I think that's why a lot of people uh, dig me. So I'm trying to toe the line between being supportive and also being honest. Uh, And like I said, different strokes, different folks. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's just a generational thing to where I don't get what y'all are doing with rap now. Um, So that being said, yeah, go support my man. Um, But you asked me what I thought, and I'm going to dissect it. And I'm going to tell you this is why I have a problem with today's rap. So, Andre, I hope I'm not going to turn you off by by doing this. And I, I appreciate you being a fan. I appreciate you supporting the podcast. But, you know, bruh, you asked, and I'm going to be brutally honest, okay? So here we go. He sent me this track, and I want y'all to listen to this, and we're going to break down why I have a problem with this, this, this new era of rap. This song is called Talk Your Shit from my man Andre. Here we go. Shit, huh? I'm trying to fuck is you gon' make me pay your rent huh? Fuck your river, he gon' trip on what you spend huh? And gotta tell him when he ask you where you went huh? Talk your shit, huh? I'm trying to fuck is you gon' make me pay your rent huh? Fuck your river, he gon' trip on what you spend huh? And gotta tell him when he ask you where you went huh? I need money like Victor Moan Tell your nigga don't leave you alone You attracted to Gucci Cologne I be shopping in Christian Dior All these bags from Fifth of the Thor I'm like a short, I know this shit, but like a short, like a short, yeah, yeah. Your nigga a bitch, huh? Your nigga a living with his mammy ain't no rent, huh? Nigga don't pay no rally telling you that he the shit, huh? Only got one Gucci shirt, he got a stitch, huh? I'm buying Mary Jesus, still be broke, though. You been dying, no still loving on the bro, ho. I be tripping like I'm advertising song, bro. Advertising somebody else, the nigga watching song, show. Shit, 
talk your shit, huh? I'm tryna fuck it, you gon' make me pay your rent, huh? Fuck your burger, he gon' trip on what you spent, huh? Ain't gotta tell him when he asks you where you went, Now, I just keeps going. But that's the end of him rhyming. The rest of this is just the chorus talking shit. Here it come, the chorus again. Talk your shit, huh? I'm tryna fuck it, you gon' make me pay your rent, huh? Fuck your river, he gon' trip off what you spent, huh? Ain't gotta tell him when he ask you where you went, huh? Talk your shit, huh? Now that's the whole song. Here we go. This is the problem I have with you young niggas in rap. First of all, that's the whole song. 95% of that was chorus. The rest was an attempt at rapping. Now, we used to say in rap, nigga, can you spit a hot 16? I mean, a hot 16 bars. Usually, <clears throat> there's the, the chorus in the beginning, the hot 16, the chorus, another hot 16, a chorus, and then you finish it up. The fact that that song is 95% chorus shows laziness as far as writing ability because your, your, your whole track shouldn't be the majority meet chorus. Where have you shown your ability to be an MC, to flow, to spit bars? The fact that your song is 95% chorus, which ain't nothing but a repeat. It's a loop. Talk your shit. If that's all you have to do, do you know how, how easy it is to write a fucking song if that is what a song is? Number two, the actual bars. I couldn't make out shit what he said. I heard Christian Dior, the bag's out the door. And, and everything else sounded like a mumble to me. And this is why the old heads are complaining about hip hop. Because number one, you guys aren't even writing actual complete songs. All you're doing is making 95% choruses, which makes it easy to get away with, to, to, to say, hey, here's a song. It's like a little Uzi Vert when he did that track. Uh, I know the chorus, I don't know the song really, but the chorus is something about, all my friends are dead. All my friends are dead. It was the same shit, 95% chorus. Actual lyrical content, very minimal. 
Second thing, like I said, can't understand you. What are you saying? Number three, that sounded like every other track you've ever heard uh, as far as today's rap. The singy songy dancey chorus, singy songy dancey chorus, then the actual rhyme. There was no different kind of melody. There was no different kind of flow. The fucking song is mainly chorus, and you can't understand. But this is what you young kids call hot today. Now, let me show you the opposite. Let me show you what what real rap is. One of the greatest MCs of all time, the Notorious B.I.G. And I ran across this on Facebook, and I copied the link so that after I talked about this song, I could show you by example, and I'm not just sitting here, as you guys would say, hating. This is Biggie at a studio rhyming. And... I want you to pay attention to Hold up. Now I'm going to pause it. Here's what's sick about what you're about to hear. He's flowing and he's trying not to curse because he's on the radio. But I guess it was some different type of serious XM shit and the MC and, and, and the DJ goes, yo man, you can curse. The flow then gets sicker. You can understand him. There's a melody. Big is big. He ain't like nobody else, which means that there's an individual persona instead of everything sounding the same. And the lyrical content. Listen to this nigga and what he's saying. You can understand it. And the lyrical flow is genius. Without further ado. Backwards, I smoke backwards and Dutchies. He can't touch me. Try to rush me. Slugs go touchy touchy. You're bleeding lovely with your spirit above me or beneath me. Your whole life you live sleepy. Now you rest eternally sleepy. You burn when you creep me. Rest where the worms and the weak be. My nine flies, baptized, rap dies with the Holy Ghost. I put holes in most. You hold your toes shaky, slipping, trying to break me. Look what you made me do. Brains blue. My team in the marine blue. Six coop, skeeter. Niggas in my faction don't like asking questions. Strictly gun testing, coke measuring, giving pleasure in the Benzito, hitting fannies, spending chips at Manny's. Hope you creeps got receipts. My peeps get dirty like cleats. Run up in your crib, wrap you in your polo sheets. Mm. Up in your wig piece, nigga deceased. Why? May you rest in peace with my sycamore style. More sicker than yours. 4-4 and 54 drawers. As my pilot steers my lair. Yes, my dear. Shit's official. Only the Feds I fear, here's a tissue, stop your blood clot crying, the kids, the dog, everybody dying, no lying, so don't you get suspicious, I'm big dangerous, you're just a little vicious, as I leave my competition, respirator style, climb the ladder to success, escalator style, hold y'all, breath I told y'all, death controls y'all, big don't fold y'all, uh, I spit phrases that'll thrill you, you're nobody till somebody kills you. And the fucking story. 
Like, I, like this is what, and this is what I get passionate about. Like, you understood what he was saying. The rhyme scheme, the pattern, how he connected the words. My spirit above you or below you. You're looking, niggas cooking. Like, it's, like, there's an art form to this. Like, I wish I could rap. I really do. And I can rap, but I can't. I'm not a rapper. Like, like, you understand something? Like, this is what I'm saying. Athletes want to be rappers and rappers want to be athletes. There's such a respect level from one another because it's like, fuck, that's amazing. Rappers look at Shaq dominate the paint, Jordan fly through the air, Vince Carter dunk over a seven-footer, Kobe with the sweet jump shot, AI with the crossover. You want to do that. And athletes look at rappers with like Big and Pun and Jay-Z and Nas and lyrical flow and abilities, and you go, that's amazing. You know how hard it is to do that, to, to put words together, to flow to a beat, to stay on point, metaphors, punchlines. It's an art form to this shit. That's why it's so respected. That's why it's like as much as I would love to rap, I don't have the patience. I don't think I have the mental capacity. And I don't think I have straight up the skill, the, the fucking skill. To have that kind of wordplay and flow and rhythm. That's why it's respected. And that's why I'm saying when you make songs like Tyler Bayorenta, Oliver Benta, and 90% of that is chorus. Do you see the difference? Biggie's wordplay. Nigga, he, he could have had a chorus to that though. You know what I'm saying? But he was just flowing freestyle. But in between, it's, the, it's like almost the chorus is like a sandwich. You got the top piece of bread. You got the bottom bun. Everything in between is lyrical. That's your meat, your cheese, your lettuce, tomato. The chorus is just the the, the bread that holds the sandwich together. And you motherfuckers is straight 98% bread. You want a different opinion? I, hold up. I'm, let me finish my tirade. Where, as, as let me date the 80s, where is the beef, goddammit? Why don't you niggas, you young niggas are lazy with that pen. You're lazy with your thinking. Fucking create. Be an artist. God damn it. Let's take the goddamn gum out your mouth and let me understand what you're talking about. Give me fire. Give me something that when I finish listening to, I go, yo, that nigga said, and not just, you all sound the same. Where the fuck is the uh, 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 the individuality? Ayo, hey, Snoop Dogg, nigga. Ayo, hey, one, two. Don't sound nothing like, oh, Biggie Baby. Tupac, don't sound nothing like the Wu-Tang. LL, don't sound nothing like Nas. Jay-Z, don't sound nothing like Eminem. Eminem, don't sound nothing like Jadakiss. More, man. Go ahead. Um. You bring up some very valid points. And I'm 10 years older than you, so my old head's even older. Yeah, okay. But you you, you, you used a, where's the beef? You used that from the 80s. You yeah. Back in, remember when, I don't know if you'll remember, but remember when the 80s flow got very predictable? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. There's something I'm going to share with you. Okay. And so, and, and, and so rap, rap had to evolve. 
and the golden age of rap is supposed to be the 90s. Awesome. Fucking glad you brought that up. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, but then we were in this this period, and I don't necessarily like this new period that we're in. I mean, to your dude right now, I mean, you got to turn down the auto-tune a little bit. Uh, on your instrumental, your beats were just... Oh, that's the other thing. You niggas rely on that auto-tune to where it's almost like it's a cover-up to show you have no talent. Well, it's a sound, and I get what the sound is, but you got there's some... Your voice and your imperfections, your inflections are, are covered up by the auto tune. Right. And so if you don't... I'm, 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 Andy, and I'm not trying to cut you off. I I'm so... You but you, 10, 15 I know, brother, but, this, but I'm so passionate about this. I'm just saying, okay. uh, to adhere to your point, you just said it, inflections. Now, I can't do a Tupac impression. Can you feel me, Nick, you me, when the mama in the human? That's Tupac. When the human. That's a Tupac inflection. Now, imagine that being covered up by auto-tune. Go ahead. Okay, so all that, you, you, lose your, you lose your sense of, I think that that's what's wrong with the music to me right now is that you're losing a little bit of that where you're losing your personality. But the thing that Aries isn't aware of because of his passion that he spoke for those fire beat, those fire lyrics and those, those tight beats. Right. We're in a different age, man. This music isn't supposed to be. This, I, I, and I, I know this is where the, the, these, the, I'm going to get shit on. But this is disposable music. This isn't supposed to be for... Disposable as in throw away? Yeah, this isn't supposed to be... No. no whoa, 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 whoa. Listen to what I'm saying. This isn't... That, those biggie beats, that biggie lyrics, those are supposed to last a lifetime. They still do. That's why I'm saying they're a lifetime. This, we're in a new generation where it's a computer, right. and they just want to go to a party, and they want to feel a beat, okay. and they want to move, and, that, and, and tomorrow, there's a new beat. What do you, what do you call sound. those... Uh... Cheap cameras you get from Seven Eleven. Those disposable cameras. That's what today's rap That's is. That's what disposable I just said. Cameras. It's a disposable set. You 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 hit it for you hit it for a week. Your 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 fire for a week, and then you get replaced because this is just about the fun of the music. So there's there's no legacy but here. What, no, I don't think so. But but within that, just like when the '80s got stale, I think that from this music. There's going to be someone who catches something in there and feels something and puts it together with something else. And that's how you get that new generation. Because what I think what I think what was happening is that they uh, the, the, the young, the, the, the youth uh, of hip hop felt like it got it got kind of predicted. OK, we're going to do this kind of sound. We're going to have this uh, storytelling moment, which was so important to us. But to them, they want to go to a party. They want to have fun. So these beats came out, and, and it was all about the beats. It was about the DJ. It was about creating this music. And they're out there having fun. They're dancing. But I think someone's going to pick up something, and it's going to change again. And I think that's where we are. I think this is the 80s, that 80s kind of where it got a little bit predictable, uh, and somebody's going to pick up some new things, and it's going to take a, it's, it's going to go to another level. I'm glad you so brought that up because uh, there's a dude, and I love this fucking clip on YouTube, and he sells uh, his T-shirts and merchandise and shit like this. Uh, brother by the name of, some of y'all I'm sure already know, Crank Lucas. You ever heard of him? Yeah. Yeah. This motherfucker does, and he's not a rapper, but this motherfucker, had, he has fire. Like, he could be a rapper. Um, and he has this clip called The Evolution of Hip Hop. And he goes from 1980 through 2010. 
and just what you said, you you see how rap has evolved. The evolution. Yes. But it went from the 80s, it was new, uh, it was simplistic, it was almost Dr. Seuss type. I went to the corner store and I went to the hunter hall and I came back and it was night and that's when we do it right. Uh-huh. But but remember that there wasn't it was very few instruments, uh, no instruments. Right, it was tapes. Right, and they would be putting beats together and they were just they were just t- basically rapping right over the top of that. Right. Now, and that being said, then we got very developed. It became producer driven. And, and by the time of the nineties, it was the golden era. It was the best it ever was. But then from from 90s to early 2000s, it was still kind of cool. But from 2000 early to now, it's garbage. But, so it's going from simplistic, good birth, the best it's ever been, to complete trash but now. But this right now is basically the same because you got to think the computers are almost the same as nothing. And I, what I mean by that is it's like putting something on a tape. You're just making some simple beats right now off of a computer. You're putting that on, and people are getting with this with auto-tune. And from this new generation, it's the rebirth. It's the reboot. I don't know what you call it a reboot, bro. But here's my man. This shit is hilarious. Baby, what it do? Hear your boy crank it, thank The opposite of Lanky. Smoking on that stanky. Candy painted old school. Sitting on them twanky. Got a white high chandelier. Come today. Tanky. Where it is today? It's just about what the fun. fuck was that? It's just about having fun, dancing. Okay. It's disposable. Listen, we have fun on in all the eras, but we also had artistry, dude. It, every, you can have both. Everything changes. You can have both. Everything changes. You I'm, can have both. I, I'm agreeing with you that the mu- I don't like the music, but I see that there has to, there's a change and something has to come. There's a, there's a lot of different music inside this new this new. I don't man. I don't know that it's. It's not hip hop to me. It's rap. I don't even call it rap. They call it trap. Trap. Yeah. All right. Listen, man. Like I said, uh, and and again, I forgive me, um, Andre, man. I, I, I'm not trying to shit on you, brother. Um, I, I'm just passionate because, you know, you you y'all are fucking with legacy. This 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 rap thing is a is a is a franchise. You know what I'm saying? And we just want y'all to carry it and do it justice. And again, a generational gap. Maybe Andy's right. It's disposable. It's just not meant for us. So I but that being said, brother, full steam ahead, nigga. Get your paper. Do your thing. Do it how you feel it. I'll I'll shut the fuck up. I just don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh Salud, my nigga. Do your thing. Um I wish you the best. 
please don't let what I say or the fact that I said the way I said it the way I said it sway you from the podcast and now you're not a fan. I hope you didn't take offense to what I'm saying. I, I just I can't give it to you any other way but to give it to you if you ask for it. Ted, fix that instrumental part. You're missing something in there. It's, yeah. It's a little empty. Yeah. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Next week, I'll be in Asbury Park, New Jersey at the Paramount Theater. Andy, where will you be? I will be, I'll be in Phoenix. I don't even know if I'm doing any shows. See, take a day off, nigga. Take a week off. I'm doing some shows, but they're all in Phoenix. Okay, so that's home for you, right? Yeah. All right. Um, as always, uh, cameo, shout outs, Patreon, subscribe. <laughs> And the cartoon, as, as far as I've been told, the Arnold Schwarzenegger will be up on Friday. On both on my uh, website, airyspears.com, and Patreon. Uh, and if you subscribe, depending on what tier you are, you will get either the clean version or the dirty version, which the dirty version is much more worth it. Um, also, uh, Facebook, uh, subscribe. Um, YouTube, subscribe. And all that good shit. Part two is coming up. Well, we're going to record it right now, but you won't be able to get it till next week, Nickus. AndyComedy.com. All my social media is in the upper right-hand corner. So, yeah, that is the podcast, y'all. Um, and before we sign off, I mean, well, actually, a- after we sign off, because we talked about the Biggie thing and we were so passionate about it, especially me. Um, uh kind of like a little bit of a bonus and of course yeah we're we're officially done we gave you all the social info and all that but kind of like a homage to one of the greatest rappers on of all time on this anniversary we're gonna let biggie close us out um oh, i thought you're gonna say vanilla ice that's hilarious <laughs> um and so you don't have to listen to you could cut it off and do whatever the fuck you want to do. Or I'm pretty sure if you're a big Biggie fan, a true rap fan, if you also want to pay respects to Biba Biba, um, you'll you'll listen to this. And also to you young heads, yes, you, Andre, uh, to further my point, listen to this, brother. I think this is one of the greatest tracks that Big ever made. From his second album, Life After Death, Niggas Bleed. Here's what's so brilliant about this. The melody, the flow. He's telling a story. So vivid as an artist, he's painting a picture. This feels like a scene in a Martin Scorsese film. Like the way he's breaking this down, you actually can visualize everything happening and it feels like a scene in a movie. So, without further ado, uh, big rest in peace, baby. Papa, we miss you. New York in the building. New York hats, Timberland boots. You know what I mean? Fucking bodegas, the Puerto Ricans. You know what it is, nigga. Chinese food with bulletproof glass and chicken wings. Niggas bleed. Today's agenda. Got the suitcase.
up in the center. Go to room 112. Tell them Blanco sent you. Feel the strangers. If no money exchanges, I got these kids in ranges to leave them niggas brainless. All they told is stainless. You just remain this. Calm as possible. Make the deal go through. If not, here's 12 shots. We know how you do. Please make your killings clean. Slugs have been between. They eyes like true lies. Kill them and flee the scene. Just bring back the coke or the cream. Or else, your life is on the shelf. We mean this, Frank. The cats we fucking with put bombs in your mom's gas tank. Let's get this money, baby. They shady, we get shady. Dress up like ladies and burn them in 3380s. Woo! Kill our babies. That's all out. I got gats that blow the wall out. Clear them all out. Fuck the fallout. Work the stretch, I bet they pussy. The seven digits push me. Fucking real. Here's the deal. I got a hundred bricks. Fourteen five a piece. Enough to cop six. Buy the house on the beach. Supply the piece with jeeps. Brick a piece. Capiche? Everybody getting cream. No Who the fuck says capiche? Think about it now. That's damn near 1.5. I kill them all. I'll be set for life. Frank, pay attention. These motherfuckers is henchmen. Renegades. If you die, they still get paid. Extra probably. Fuck a robbery. I'm the boy. Promise you won't rob him, I promise But of course, you know I have my fingers crossed Niggas bleed just like us Picture me being scared of a, a nigga that breathe the same air as me Niggas bleed just like us Picture me being shook We could both pull burners, make the motherfucking beef cook Niggas bleed just like us Picture a nigga hiding my life in that man's hands while he just decided Niggas bleed just like us I'd rather go toe-to-toe with all of y'all running it in my protocol Who says protocol, nigga? On the wrong from Tucson, push the black Yukon. Usually had the slow grooves on, mostly rock the Ozzy. Stupid as a young and chose not to move wisely. Sharp over game, him and his crooks. Spit a hot 16, did a chorus. Here's another hot 16. Braun bought a truck, two bricks laid in the cut. His peeps got bucked, got locked the fuck up. That's when Braun vanished. Came back, speaking Spanish, lavish habits, two rings, 20 carats, here's a criminal. Nigga made America's most, killed his baby mother brother, slit his throat. The nigga got back with the toast, weeded, took it to trial, beat it. Now we feel he undefeated, he mean it. Nothing to lose, tattooed around his gun wounds. Everything to gain, embedded in his brain. And me, I feel the same for this money you dying. Especially if my daughter crying, I ain't lying. Y'all know the science. Woo! Picture me being scared of a nigga that breathes the same air. It's the chorus again, now he's gonna finish it. This is what's called a complete song. We agreed to go and shooting is silly because niggas could be hiding in showers with Mac Billy, so I freaked them. The telly manager was Puerto Rican. Gloria from Astoria. I went to Wallaha. One stole a gun from my workers. And they took drugs, they tried to jerk us. They blazed, they blazed. Long story, glow seat, my face got shook. Thought a nigga was coming for the safe. Now she breaking. Shut up, 112. What's shaking? A Jamaican. Some bitches, I swear, they look gay in a black. Range Rover been outside all day. If it's trouble, let me know. I'll be on my way. Please, I got kids to feed. I done see you make niggas bleed. Nightmare of this bitch. Listen to the melody. How the music is changing. We bout to blow this. Get the cast before the cops and Range Rover cats notice. Room 112, right by the staircase. Perfect place where they evacuate. They beat their fake. Ron, pass the gasoline. The nigga pass me kerosene. Fuck it, it's flammable. My hunger is unexplainable. Strike the match. 
Just what I expected, the dread kid ejected in seconds, and here come two opposite sectors, one black, one Malaysian. We in the hallway waiting patient. As soon as she hit the door, we start blasting. I saw her brains hit the floor, wrong laughing, I swear to God. I hit Maxi Priest at least 12 times in the chest, spit the round shot of chink in the breast. She crying, headshots put her to rest. Pop open no briefcases, nothing but frightening faces. Spots, hot sprinklers, alarm system. That's when other guests start slipping. Top bus hit dipping. I know them niggas in the ranges on their way up flipping. It's the ripping. I know the tripping. The hallway got real loud and crowded. They walk right past us. I don't know how they allowed it. The funny thing about it, through all the excitement, they range got told they double parked by a hydrant. Stupid motherfuckers. Rest in peace, big. Yo, I'm done. Pussy ass, nigga.